So we've been in a series. What's it called? A star is born. Amen. And he was born. The star was born. Jesus, the star. You're going to really be glad you came today. I don't know. I just, I just believe all this day, all this service is, a, is just an, an anointing for our hearts and for our lives. And, and um, you know, I've been talking about <clears throat> what little understanding and knowledge that I have of it. I've been talking some just about astrology, just a, about the heavens, the stars, the planets, what's out there. And I was, uh, I, I did some research because I've, Last week I stood up here and I told you that the Bible says that in, in the universe there's a hundred billion galaxies in our universe. And there's a minimum of a hundred billion stars in every galaxy. Minimum. I mean, actually, you know, it was a hundred thousand a year ago, but now it's growing to 150, uh, uh, 200,000. Some of the galaxies, they figured 400,000 stars, 400, 400 billion stars in the galaxies. I mean, it just, it just keeps increasing and growing the more information that they get. And I said that, that the Bible says, the Bible is clear that God stands outside of the universe and watches over what we do. He stands outside the universe where there is nothing. There's no up or down. There's no left or right. There's, no nothing. There's nothing out there. There's nothing. And he, He's the only thing in the nothingness. And He stands in the nothingness and watches these hundred billion plus galaxies in operation. So, I just did some research, and I came up with this number right here. And the only reason, this is the bottom number. This is the bottom number of what I'm going to explain. This is the bottom number. Because I couldn't find where anybody else had a name for anything beyond this. But that's 24 zeros. That's the bottom number of stars that are in our universe. That's the least amount of stars in the whole universe. And we'll just say there's a hundred billion galaxies in the universe and there's a hundred billion stars in every galaxy. That's the bottom number. And that number is two septillion, I guess. That's what they say. Two septillion stars in the universe. And as a reminder, I'm going to read just a few scriptures to remind us of this. But God has named every one of them. And He put every one of them where they're supposed to be. One of the reasons I'm doing this leading up to next Sunday, you don't want to miss next Sunday. One of the reasons I've been doing this is because God wants us to know 
how absolutely awesome and beyond imaginable that He is and His ability is in our lives and that we're the only problem we have in life. We are the only problem that we have. You know that most people today live their lives offended with other people and take offenses of other people. Most people live there. And so as a result of that, you, 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 can't, you can't look up in the sky and think about, you know, actually, the more you look at the sky, after, over time, it almost starts looking like about the size of the ceiling in this room. Most of it. Because it's so vast, it's, it's so massive, it's, they're, they're, it's beyond, but the more you look at it, it kind of shrinks. You ever notice that? It starts shrinking, because to God, it looks about like this. Two septillion stars in a universe that he set every one of them in place and he sits over it and he watches it. You don't think he can't handle situations in your life? We're our greatest enemy. We cause more things to be shut down in our own lives than anybody has a clue because of not trusting how, how amazing and empowering that he is. <clears throat> in science, science has said in the beginning was a big bang. And the big bang scattered stuff, and there's just a mass of just kind of confusion that's out there. And an unknown source set the stars in the sky. And those stars are there to influence us, to lead us, and to guide us. Science is pretty clear about that, just in a, just in a nutshell, pretty clear. But the Bible has something different to say. Amen. Amen? And I want to read in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning. Genesis 1.1 says, <clears throat> In the beginning, what? Bang? No, God. And there probably was a bang. <laughs> but in the beginning, God. And what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Now, now, now pay attention to me as, as we talk about what? The awesomeness, the majesty, the magnificence of God and who he is. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the, the, the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Well, he probably put the sun and the moon up there, but he just left that out. No. He's the light. I said, he's the light. Amen? Skip down to verse 14. It says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament. This is in the beginning. See, science thinks that things happened in in, in the world that we're talking about. Science thinks that things happened billions of years ago. I'm not saying there wasn't things that happened billions of years ago, but this place that we know of, this is 6,000 plus years. Somewhere. Now, if you, you're about a bang, you know, then there's a, there's a bang and then maybe this and maybe that. We don't know who did this and who did that. We don't know who put the stars up there or how the planets got there. We don't know any of those things. But if you believe in the beginning God, it's a whole different picture. Then God said, let there be, verse 14, lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. Then God made two great lights. Then. God was the light that was lighting everything up at the moment. God was that. Then God broke it down. You know, there's there's the hundred billion galaxies that make up the universe. There's a hundred billion stars, two triptillion stars in the universe. But all that is lit by God. Because He was the first light, then He just separated things. Watch what He said. Then... God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Everybody say, He made the stars. You ever been taught that we don't know, you know, uh, some unknown source has set the stars in the sky. We don't know how they happened. It was probably part of the Big Bang. No, but the Bible says God made the stars. He made them. I said He made them. Amen? God set them. God made them and set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were a fourth day. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 19 and verse 1. This is all what happened in the beginning, and now we're reading as reminders how all this is in place. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork. You look up in the sky, that's all the handiwork of God. He set them all up there. That's what God did. Can you say amen to that? Isaiah 40, we looked at this last week, but just a refresher, Isaiah 40, 
and verse 25. To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Who shall we liken God to, and, or to whom shall he be equal to? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name. Talking about the stars and the planets. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. So every one of the two triptillion stars in the universe, he's named them. He knows them by name. And when you see a following star... God knew that it fell. He knows it. Can He not handle your life? Can He not handle things in our lives? Absolutely so. That's what we have to trust. His majesty, His greatness, His glory, the power of who He is, that's what we have to trust. Psalm 8 and verse 13. I mean, that is not a verse 13. Verse 1. Psalm 8 and 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Verse 3. When I consider the he- your heavens, and we talked in, the, in our first message, the heavens meaning what we see, the skies, everything above us. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, or you have made, one translation says, or you have ordered, as one translation says. When I consider those things, listen to me, you and I need to be busy focusing on things other than problems in life. If you're focusing on what you don't see today, what you don't see manifested, you're your biggest enemy. He said, focus on what I've done. Every time you look up and you see the stars and the moon, you see the, you, you, you see the stars and the, and, and, and the moon and the sun and the sky. You don't look at the sun too much. But when you look up and you see it and you know it, it's to remind us of how great and amazing that God is. And everything that we spoke over baby David, it's, it, it, you need to receive it in your own life. You need to receive that for you because you're his child and he created all those things for you and you've been established to live. You've been been set up to live and be established in life to fulfill all the plans and purposes that he's had for you. Can you say amen? So, I, I really believe, after all the years that I've been saved, I really believe that what God wants from me more than anything is to know how great He is above everything else. He wants my focus and attention to be on how great He is. How amazing and magnificent. Um, In a moment, I'm going to show you something on the screen here in just a moment. And after that, we're going to talk about the glory uh, of God but I want to define what glorious is. And I want you to think about this as I define this. 
glorious is magnificent. Glorious is His majesty. His, his, his glory is seen, as we've read earlier, His glory is seen in the heavens. His majesty. Um, how wonderful that He is. How amazing that He is. How, how breathtaking. Another word for glorious is to be, is how breathtaking He is. God wants you to focus on how great He is so that your breath is constantly being taken away. And your breath is not being taken away because of anxiety and fretfulness and what's not happening and what's not manifested. Not, your breath isn't being taken away because of those things. Your breath is taken away because of His majesty and awesomeness and how real that He is. That's the God we serve. Another word is brilliant. I mean, that's a weak word. But as strong as we can get are the words that I'm talking to you about how glorious and majestic that our God truly is. And, and the last word is, is illuminate. And that's what he was in the beginning. He lit everything up. And then he took the sun out of that illumination and stuck it in the sky to illuminate things here. But that sun came from him. That came from the light that we're going to see in a moment is the light that lights all of heaven. And it's the light that illuminates the inside of us. And that's why God wants you to know how great He is so your focus is on the illumination and not on anything else. Can you say amen to that? Watch the screens just for a moment. Just have something I want to play and I want you to hear. Amen. He wants you to know that more than anything. Whatever you have to do, day to day, you do it. To be acknowledged, to, to, to remember, to bring yourself to that place of remembrance every day. God is greater than anything in my life anything that I face. I'm telling you, <clears throat> there's a world out there. Now listen to me when I say this. I'm not saying it critically. But there's a world out there that has put their faith in a big bang. And is not doing anything for them. They need, in the beginning, God and they'll never get it without you and I baby David will never grow up and know the things of God if his parents don't grow they won't take the time to invest in his life I have a friend that <clears throat> our kids were <laughs> As we, were, as we had children, as Becky and I had our girls, they had children that were just, I mean, I, I mean just a few months apart. Each, they had three. 
and, and our first three, they, they just grew together. And um, <clears throat> and I'll just say, <clears throat> thinking the way I'm going to say this, that the Big Bang has a mindset. The Big Bang has a mindset. It thinks a certain way. It thinks according to the ways of the world. The Big Bang is one, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a theory. It's, it's an idea. Because things can't be explained in the natural. It's an idea coming up with a way to figure out how, how you deal with this massive thing. You can't deal with it. It doesn't work. That's why there's so much confusion and chaos on planet Earth. Can, there's not confusion and chaos on planet Earth because God's in control and he's doing nothing about it. There's confusion and chaos on the Earth because God gave authority to man. And until man does something about it with all the goods God gave us and our focus on his greatness and his majesty and who he is, then the world itself, as we know, continues to go downhill. It continues to go to hell in a basket. The world, the world system does. We're after the people. How many can say amen to that? I'm after the people. I will be till I breathe my last breath on this planet. I'm after the people. It's all that matters is the people. You get the people, you'll get the systems changed. You've got to find yourself connecting with influential people. Influential doesn't mean wealthy and high up. Influential are people that are making a difference where they're at. Connect yourself with people. And let the greatness of God come out of you and affect what is going on. <clears throat> but when we're just about our little self, we're part of the Big Bang mentality. Big Bang tells you to take care of yourself, be about yourself, instead of, as my wife was saying earlier, expand your heart and learn what it means to be gracious and live in a world where giving produces all the results. Not thinking about ourselves. Can the God that we've been talking about for three weeks, can He handle every situation in your life? I'll tell you this right now, He's already taken care of it. If you have a desire for something, He's already met it. That's how powerful and awesome that He is. Big Bang has no answers. Big Bang theology has no answers. They don't even know who the spy was that put the stars up in the sky. Who is that unnamed source that came in with, like Santa Claus with a bag full of stars and he stuck them in the sky? We don't even know who it is. Two treptillion of them. I know him. He lives in me. I talk to him every day. I talk to him all day long. He's met every need in my life and continues to. He's taken me to higher levels than what I've ever been ever, and, and I'm going to higher levels than I've ever been, but the levels are in Him. See, the levels aren't what Big Bang says is so. The levels are in God. Me being fulfilled in my life 
on a day-to-day basis, it's all wrapped up in God. In the beginning, God. And he lit it all up. And then he took this big cheesy ball and he threw it over there. Now you have no light of your own. But wait a minute. We're going to take this fireball and you're going to shine and your reflection is going to light you up when it's dark outside. That's what he said. And I'm calling you the sun, and I'm calling you the moon. And that's the way it's, ever, that's the way it's been ever so. And every time you see those, you remember the covenant that we have with him. Now, what I'm going to show you next week has to do with this. This is a timeline. Now, you can remember, I'm giving you information. I didn't go to school for this. I went to the internet for this. well, in books and things that I've studied. But here's a timeline concerning Jesus and his entrance into the earth. This is a timeline that I think is pretty true. And there, there are a lot of really good Christian scientists and astronomers and, and, and I made this statement. I, I read this a while back, and I made this statement the other day, or one of the Sundays, and I think it's really true, that Big Bang theology tells you that stars lead you and guide you. Bible tells you God leads you and guides you. And stars and planets bring confirmation of the promises of God. And that's what the star that was in the sky that they called a star in the sky, which was actually made up of stars and planets over about a year and a half period of time. Oh, even longer than that, about two years, almost two years. So the timeline looks like this. You can think of little baby David when you think about this today. Conception of baby Jesus was sometime around Christmas time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Sometime around that time, somewhere between about the 20th and the 25th of what we know as December today, 4 B.C., somewhere in that time period. The birth of Jesus was, he could have been a 9-11 baby, probably the 12th or the 13th though, is as close as they're able to get. 12th or the 13th of 3 B.C., which was during Rosh Hashanah, which was the feast of the new moon. So during Rosh Hashanah, Jesus was born sometime in what we would consider September of, of, the, of the calendar that we have today. And in, if you could put Matthew 2 up there for me, verse 1. <clears throat> Now, after after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east, the magi from the east, came to Jerusalem. 
saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They saw his star, they saw the light, and they came to worship him. And this is sometime around the 12th or the 13th of June in 2 B.C. So during that period of time, there, were a, there was a bright light three different times that had to do with planets and stars. I'm, I'm not doing justice in a study of what this looks like. I don't have time, number one. You can study it for yourself. But I'm going to show you some pictures and some video footage next Sunday of what that star looked like and how those planets came together, and in the natural it shouldn't have. But God had it set up so that the stars acknowledged what the prophecies had already spoken. And that's what God did for Jesus. The star was born. A star in the sky acknowledged the fact that a star was born. And he was star quality. You know why? Because he came not from the stars, he came from beyond the stars. He's star quality. But you know what? You and I were created in the same image. And you and I are star quality also. And a star was born over 2,000 years ago to empower us to be the stars we were created to be in everyday life. And what we have to get delivered of is the Big Bang. Well, Pastor, I don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah but it's, it, it contaminated our system, our way of thinking. And we got to get all the traces of Big Bang out. And we got to get majesty and magnificence in. And our focus is on how great He is and not, oh God, would you do this for me? God's already done everything for me. He's already done it all. I thank Him for it now. There are things that many of us waste hours and weeks and months and years on agonizing and praying and asking God to do specific things. He's already done them. We've got to find it in His Word, what He's done for us, and begin to thank Him and be on the thankful end of everything that God has done for us. I'm telling you today, he's done amazing things for you and I. There's no end to what God has and will do in your life if you focus on his majesty, his glory, and how amazing that he is. Can you say amen? amen. I want to end with this today. Colossians, I mean, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13. I mean, verse 17. <clears throat> Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's what? There's what? Liberty. Freedom. 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 Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. Verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image 
from glory to glory just as the Spirit of the Lord. So by the Spirit of the Lord, as God is revealing truth to us on a, on a constant basis, and our focus is on how glorious He is when we see Him in, in, in truth, then what happens is the illumination of His glory begins to transform and change and renew our thinking from Big Bang contamination into in the beginning was God and God did what He said He did. And when you believe that, there's not anything God won't do for you. And when you believe that, that's when everything works. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the same God and the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives in us. And by the Spirit, from one glorious experience or situation that we walk through to the next glorious experience, to the next enlightenment, to the next enlightenment, to the next enlightenment, to the next enlightenment, we become more and more like Him. And you know what? Then your star quality begins to shine. Listen, your education, your training, your this, your that, your, your theology, you know, the ideas and things that you have about life and those kind of things, they'll help things along. But at the end of the day, when you know how great He is, He'll make sure that you're equipped to do anything and everything He created you to be. And when you get settled in your heart with that, there's no more struggles. There's no more fighting. There's no more being overwhelmed by situations in life. No more of that. Chapter 4 and verse 1, and I'll end with this. Well, these six verses. Therefore, since we have this ministry, the glory to glory ministry, receiving from the Spirit of God ministry, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. But even if our gospel, if, 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 if the good news is veiled, it's covered up, it, it's not enlightening us, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And who are they? They're the Big Bang Theory people. And I'm not being critical of the Big Bang thing. You know, if you, you, I, I read somebody the other day said, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in creation, but also believe in evolution. Okay. <clears throat> you got to believe in one or the other. I mean, I mean it, based on what the real truth of it is. But the Big Bang mentality is contaminated us to where we don't see how great God is. We're too afraid to believe that he can really do what he said he could do. See, but if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Verse 4, watch. Whose minds the God of this age, that would be Satan, has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5, for we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness in the beginning who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The God who in the beginning said, light be, and light was. There was darkness, everything was 
No form, no, everything was void. There was nothing out there. And he said, light be. Where'd that light come from? Listen, the words that were spoken were Jesus himself. He is the living word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. He was there at the beginning, and light be. I mean, I mean, light came out of here, but everything was illuminated with Him. And so, light. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, my, 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 my sounds don't even, you know do it justice. I mean, it just went bam. So there was probably a bang. Light be. There was the bang. Bang. And he said, you go back and you study these verses of scripture. He said, the light that started in the beginning is the light's in you. And it will begin to illuminate and change the way you think day to day if you give the word place in your life. Because the word is light to all your flesh. It's light to everything.